0: Hey, and welcome back to what we couldn't say on Sunday. It has been a long time since we've done one of these. Too long. Too long. So we are going to make it up and uh, follow up on the last seven sermons.
1: This will be the best episode ever.
0: In and uh, it's gonna be the shortest somehow. <laughs> um, we're not that funny, are we? Yeah, we try. I'm trying too hard. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, all, all the successful podcasts have like witty witty guys or one guy who's witty and the other one who's more serious or
1: that's right.
0: There's usually a third guy if they're really good, but um, that's what we're, missing. we're not trying to be really good. We're trying to be helpful. And so just going back to the heart behind this podcast is a heart to serve um, our people well. And so every time we preach, there's a number of things that we, leave out on purpose because we there's just not enough time and as you guys have probably noticed i've been i've been hovering in the mid 50s and i had a 57 recently with the scripture reader so it wasn't me and and the pause transition but that's bad (laughs) i need to work on 45 is my 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 goal so i I don't know the last time i hit 45 i've never heard a complaint (laughs) so i hear that i can people can stay engaged like I'm watching people like a hawk while I preach, and no one seems to be out of it. Maybe they're too scared to be out of it because I'm watching them. But uh, yeah, um, so I've uh, so so we need to work on it. But um, the other part of it is, you know, av- as we've had reflection time, what are aspects that we should have we want to include that maybe we we weren't clear on, and just another opportunity for us to re um, discover or go over this material, this these truths from scripture that can transform our life and and, you know the the medium of communication has such a slow retention rate you know we're talking 10 30 percent maybe you know and so we want to just go over these truths over and over again not until we're familiar with them or we can even regurgitate them but that they transform us and so this is a great opportunity of going over again and so Ross you preached um, on spiritual warfare out of Ephesians 6 10 through 18 17, 17? yeah, yeah 17, which was good because that's going to be the next one. Um, what uh, what was the main point of that message?
1: Yeah, the main point was that if you are going to survive, you must fight. Um, I thought the burden of the passage was to awaken believers and alarm them to the fact that there are spiritual enemies who are out for their demise. Yeah, Because if you're not aware of that, you're not going to fight you're not going to depend on the Lord as much as you would otherwise. Um, I think someone who's fighting well against their spiritual adversaries looks like someone who's depending deeply. Um, and so, and so God wants His people to fully depend on Him. And therefore, He says, "You have a lot of enemies, so you need to depend on Me." Yeah. So my my burden was, "You've got to fight." what that fighting is going to look like is depending on God.
0: That's good. And you also talked about who we fight against, right?
1: Yeah, I talked a lot about there's Satan, the first rebel, and then all the other rebels mm-hmm. against God, the spiritual powers who have the same agenda as he does yeah. to interfere with God's work, of spreading his kingdom throughout the world because they want the world to be their kingdom. Yeah. And so when Christ comes to reign through his church, that comes into conflict mm-hmm. with them. Um, the church when it moves into a new area, is actually displacing yeah. uh, spiritual authorities that have been used to running the show there, mm. have been used to influencing people to live in a way that's contrary to God rather than in line and in love with God.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so so when when you follow the Lord in the context of a church or church plant, you're going to inevitably have conflict mm. um, because the spiritual authorities do not want us to succeed in what we're doing.
0: That's so good. That's really helpful. So you've talked about who we're fighting against. What is, now one of the things that's important in any warfare, physical or spiritual, is knowing your enemy. Right. Not just knowing their identity, but knowing their strategy. What is the primary kind of strategy Satan has to to fight against believers, and maybe unbelievers, if you want to distinguish it at all?
1: Yeah, Satan always questions reality. Mm. Always, Presents an alternative reality than the one God presents. Yeah, see. Uh, we see that in this first attack in the Garden of Eden He says to Eve Did God really say he immediately begins questioning God's words and presents an alternative reality, mm. which isn't true It's a lie to what God presented um, So Satan works through a lot of different tactics, but they tend to all boil down to deception mm. Deception about who you are Deception about who God is What's true? And um, even think of that verse that um, from Revelation two two ten, where it says Satan is about to throw some of you in prison. Mm. So even there, he's using temporal, flesh and blood people to carry out his will to physically mm-hmm. restrain believers. Mm-hmm. But even in that case, isn't his point? Right. Don't believe God is going to deliver you That's from true. this? Yeah. Like, like, isn't it always attacking us at the level of faith and belief yeah, and, and yeah. things like that? It's always presenting another another perspective of reality than the one god gives us which is he is sovereign he is good uh-huh. we are sinners and he completely atoned for our sin in jesus uh-huh. and satan is going, and then he's going to save us completely if we trust in him that's right as soon was going to say that isn't the case he's going to yeah. attack god's goodness yeah he's going to attack whether or not we're sinful yeah he's going to attack whether or not god is sovereign he's going to attack whether or not christ really can save us yeah um, because once all those pieces are locked into our minds at the level of belief and conviction, there's nothing mm-hmm. that can shake you. If you really believe those things mm-hmm. I, just, I just told you, mm-hmm. like you are unshakable in God's purposes. Mm. Um, and so um,
0: and I, and I want to add also with the psychological warfare Satan has against us is the, he's attacking our values. When you think about Job, Hebrews and Revelation, you see a theme of, is Jesus worth it? Is God worth it? Mm -hmm. Is he worth your integrity? Is he worth your obedience despite the suffering? Which kind of is where Revelation 2 kind of fits in because although it's a physical affliction, it's really a a spiritual and a psychological warfare of like, hey, are you gonna keep it up? Who's gonna crack first? Is Jesus worth it in this this world Mm -hmm. where you are swimming upstream against the kingdom of darkness? Uh, same thing with Hebrews: Is Jesus worth it? And then Job: Hey, will he, will your servant Job be upright and blameless even when you I take everything from him? Right. If you take everything, and and, and the answer is, yeah, he, he Jesus, God is worth it. Right. Um, so I it mean, becomes a test. Yeah.
1: And the test actually, when God's grace empowers us to pass the test, honors God. Yeah. It, it shows His value to be higher. Mm-hmm. And so Satan's actually used by God. Yeah. For God's purposes. Satan is about destroying God's purposes. Yeah, that's right. And God uses his mm-hmm. interference in our lives mm-hmm. to deliver us when we depend on him mm-hmm. and actually bring more glory to himself. And so Satan, mm-hmm. um, sick and twisted as he is, is a way God, God is working mm-hmm. to, to use his opposition to bring himself glory, um, much like the cross.
0: Just like our reading for the Bible reading yesterday, what God meant for what man meant, what you meant for evil, is just speaking to his brothers. God meant for good, right? And so that's a powerful reality. So we talked about the enemy, and we talked about that we're in a war. We got to know that we're actually in a battle. Yeah. And which is interesting because this week we've been singing to our kids during bedtime, the "I'm in the Lord's Army." Joanna's taught me. I never learned it. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know it, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's powerful, right? Like even at a young age, we're trying to explain. You're you're in arm. You're in a war. It's yeah. not going to be war. And Elijah was even explaining last time, like, yeah, we're not trying to, like, hurt people. Like, we're in a, we're, like, trying to battle to help people know God.
1: Oh,
0: it's like, man, that's good. Word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, uh, that's encouraging that he, he could see that at five. Um, who knows if he believes it yet, but, but he, he's saying at least the right thing. Yeah. Um, so you got to know your enemy. You got to know what they're about, their strategy. And then the question is, how do we fight? Right. We're just rehashing the whole sermon at this point, right? We are. Yes. <laughs> we are.
1: That's really good. Um, this part wasn't as clear as I would have liked it to be. Um, but but the idea is that there there is the armor of God. And um, I think you're going to ask me what what would you have said differently on Sunday. And yeah. I, and I would have talked about it a little bit. Okay,
0: later. great. Well, we can just segue into that now. Okay. So, like, how do we fight? How do we stand? Because that's the, the verb or the, the, the imperative. Yeah. repeated three times, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's imperative three times, but
1: it's... It, the repeated. word is there, three yeah. times. Three
0: times. Yeah. So then how do we stand and then how could you flush that out more that you couldn't on Sunday?
1: Sure. Like yeah. So so standing is continuing to do what God wants you to do in the face of opposition. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. You, you keep moving forward um, because it, it's good, but it just isn't that massive of an accomplishment if we keep moving forward when things are really good. But man... If our community, when we, when people and we get hit, if we keep loving people at that point, keep putting our sin to death at that point, don't withdraw from the community. At, like if we stay, hold strong at those points, I think we'll be, our fruitfulness will explode. Because mm-hmm. Satan so won't be able to take people out of the game. Yeah, um, He won't be able to take the effective players out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's so important that we stand. So that's what I think accomplish all means. Um, but but how you stand um, is you wear the armor of God, which I said was. You get the armor of God from the Word of God. And this is where I maybe would have wish I was more clear. Yeah. So so the armor of God points out what the belt of truth, right. the breastplate of righteousness, right. the helmet of salvation. Now those are all realities. That the Word of God informs us are true. Mm-hmm. Like. It's true that God's, God is reigning and God revealed Himself to us. And we learn that in the Word. Yeah. So so we we immediately revelation, so even at trusting this for truth is a way of fighting against Satan mm-hmm. because Satan's feeding us lies, the Bible's teaching us truth. Yes. Like the breastplate of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So God wants us to understand that the reality of our righteousness is a key to fighting spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. The reality is that if we're trusting in Jesus, Mm -hmm. we wear Christ's righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's something we learn from meditating, praying, hearing the word, listening to our brothers and sisters. When Satan attacks you, how often is this attack? God doesn't really love you. You're not really good enough. You have to clean yourself up. You Mm -hmm. have to perform and we just crush ourselves by putting the burden back upon us. Sure, isn't the breastplate of righteousness saying Jesus bore the burden for us? Right. So, so to wear to wear the breastplate of righteousness would be to con- remind yourself, <clears throat> be consciously aware of that reality when it's called into question, especially. Sure. Now, one of the commentators right, made a good point. He said, "Well, you don't put on the righteousness because it's always on you." That's true. Yeah. I would say putting on you means Exercising a conscious awareness of that righteousness. Yeah, okay.
0: And I think that's what was kind of clear on Sunday. Yeah. Because that's the whole take off and put on. Right. You already have taken off. You've been crucified with Christ. Right. And you've already been given a new
1: nature in some sense. Right. Yeah. But we forget. We forget. <laughs> yeah. And, and Satan's tactic is to make us forget. hmm mm-hmm. Or induce us to forget. And so, consciously... Meditating on these realities and feeling their weight, Mm -hmm. not just... Like, you don't need to know it. You need to feel it.
0: That's right. Because there's plenty of people who can quote you. There's probably a cheesy Christian song about the armor, right? There's probably some kids' one. Right. So just because you know it doesn't
1: mean you're putting it on. Right. And just because you know Jesus died for you on the cross doesn't mean you feel like you're righteous. Right. doesn't feel like you're not earning it anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it's... You got you got yeah. to really feel these things. Yeah. Um, the helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I when I read the word salvation in the New Testament, I often think final salvation, mm. reaching heaven, mm-hmm. like Romans five says. He who justified us, how much more will will we be saved by him? Mm-hmm. Like so, justification right, right. and salvation are linked together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that, that that's this the practiced awareness of the fact that God will bring his people to himself at the end. Yeah. Like you might wake up and think, Man, I am too tired to keep being a Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I can can God will I really keep believing in Jesus? Yeah. Like this hurts too much. Um and then there's promises like he who began a work in, in us will bring it to completion. Mm-hmm. Right? Like God will if he if you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, truly, mm-hmm. God promises to bring you all the way to glory. And so you, you have to remind yourself that, that God has promised to give me everything I need to be able to
0: mm-hmm.
1: fulfill his will and not fall away from him. Mm. And so I, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking these pieces of armor as realities mm. that the word of God points to. And Paul's highlighting some critical realities for spiritual warfare.
0: So how would you make it practical for any hearers if they say, okay, I agree with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I do that tomorrow when I wake up and I feel all of a sudden I feel shame and guilt and I don't feel like I love God and I don't feel like my, my life matters and all the different lies that all of us can diff- hear at different times. Mm-hmm. What do you do in that moment?
1: Yeah, it's good. Um, so, um, I mean, I think, for, first of all, we, we have to adjust our mindset from the Bible being a textbook that if we study it enough, mm. we're holier. Yeah. Um, I think that's... I love Reformed theology, but I think that the intellectual bent of Reformed theology can kind of lean, cause people to lean in that direction. Mm. Like, Like, man, we need to treat this word as promises to us from God written personally to us as a love letter like from him mm. like personally to us mm. um, when I read that verse all the promises of God are yes to us in Christ Jesus. I think that's a personal promise to me like yeah. that 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 in, in the Old Testament New Testament wherever there's a promise to any of God's people that that's personally yeah. to me yeah um, so if I wake up despairing you know I wonder it, are there are there good things ahead for me like um i'll think of a promise i think it's from psalm 84 um he does not withhold any good thing from him whose walk is upright it's good now i could Mm -hmm. treat that as a theological truth and that won't help me Mm -hmm. oh i understand that god doesn't withhold good things from from people whose walk is upright or i can treat that as this is what my heart needs to survive today. Mm. And pray, like plead with God. God, make me believe this. Mm. I'm weak. I won't believe this without your help. I won't live like this is true. Mm. I need your Holy Spirit. Um, that'd be one step. Yeah. That'd be one step.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And how would we factor in community into this? Sure. Because what if you don't feel like fighting in that moment, and you do say the right things and you speak over yourself, and you do plead with yeah. God, and
1: it feels like you just hit a wall? Mm-hmm. Well, for starters, you don't you don't stop pleading at that point, right? Uh-huh. Because the Bible says, "Be persistent in prayer." Yeah, like like when you want something, be persistent. So don't don't stop pleading. As if our God has given up on you just because he didn't help you right away. Yeah, Like, how much of the Bible says wait on the Lord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think one of the verses that we bring up a lot in our community is exhort one another yeah. as long as it's called today yeah, so that yeah. none of us might be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we have deceitfulness, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, How do you keep from being hardened by deceitfulness? Mm-hmm. Well, you need to exhort. You need to be exhorted, mm-hmm. which often... I wish I wish people were seeking me out to exhort me every single day. Yeah. We should each be seeking each other out to exhort each other every day. Mm-hmm. But in the case that just doesn't happen, which is going to happen, mm. are you seeking out people to exhort you?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, like I I know I have people I mean, hey, can we I, I'm going through this, I need your prayer, I need your community, I need your I need you to remind me what's true. Yeah, that's right. Um I think I said this during the sermon that sometimes I can say something to myself. Yeah. But like if you were to look at me and say it, it would be more powerful for For some reason.
0: I heard one guy say to me a couple of years ago about pastoral um, assurance of pardon that we did at City's Church. Yeah. And I was asking like, how has that been helpful for you? And he said, I know that Jesus has forgiven me. But after like a hard week, it really helps to hear someone else tell me that. Hmm. And I, I, I found it really helpful. <laughs> that's my timer. Oh, sorry, guys. We're not prepared. We haven't done this in a while. But I think, I think that's really helpful in the most natural reality for all of our members is DNA groups. Right. Is that are you looking to exhort one another? Are you looking to speak truth to each other? Remind each other of the truths that you believe but you have forgotten? Or recalibrate another believer? Because I think this is another thing Satan does. Not just cause us to forget, but re- rewrite a reality right? What does that mean? Uh, rewrite, revise, you know, change it. So not, not that we just forget it and we're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. But it's like, I don't believe that anymore like that. You sure. know? Right. We're, like, we're not fully righteous, right? Like we, we have to do it on our own, right? And like all this, all these different things that he could, he, he wars to either cause us to forget or to revise. Right. Um, and that's what Satan does, right? He revises, he questions. And so that's right. We need one another to speak that. And I think it is a sign of strength when you are inviting people to do that. A sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people think, I, re, I remember one one brother telling me, I asked him, why don't they ever challenge me or encourage me or speak anything to me or ask me different things they thought that. His DNA group? Yeah, uh, well, to me. Okay. And he said, well, I thought because you, you're a pastor, like you don't need that. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I need it more than you. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Like I'm under attack. And so I think that's a healthy thing. Like the the most mature people I know are the people who lean in the most in community to speak those truths. Right. Remind me, and, I, and that's something I do because, like you know, I've I've read enough, I've I've been I've been trained enough that I know the right answers. And so oftentimes it's just, hey, tell me again, tell me again, right? Tell me the good old story. Tell me, remind me the gospel. Tell me all the things that I'm forgetting right now or not believing. My heart is not believing. My head affirms. Right. Um, one one thing that I don't know if he touched on is. Spiritual warfare, how the enemy can attack us physically. I think because we know that the emphasis in scripture is psychologically, spiritually, and all that. Right. I think we don't know, as reformed continuation is often, we, we don't know what to do with, hey, maybe the reason why you're dead sick is because you're being physically attacked, or you're about to do something for the Lord and something happens physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we we because we're trying to react and make sure it's not about the devils in every bush and he's not always like, you know, tacking every little thing flat tire. Oh, the devil did it, right? Like, yeah.
1: maybe. And at the very yeah. least, he has a plan and an agenda in it, yeah, even sure. if he didn't directly cause right, right. it.
0: He wants to use it for something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So how do you how do you view that? Do you do you ever see your place self praying for someone who's sick or under some sort of affliction and thinking maybe this is just a demonic attack? It's not because of, you know, physiology or some sort of thing is off or they haven't exercised or had their vitamin the D or whatever, all the other different explanation, natural explanations that can be spiritually influenced.
1: Yeah. How do you think through that? That's good. Um, well, I mean, the first, the first thing that comes to my mind is the ministry of Jesus, where just casting out demons <laughs> yeah. was a normal part of his ministry. Yeah. Um, do I understand exactly what happened there? No. Um, but... I, I don't think that we should assume it's not the case sure um, especially when we have that example yeah um, Jesus did, I know we're not going to be exactly like G- Jesus in every way yeah but I mean all four four Gospels talk about casting out a lot yeah um, so shouldn't we at least be open to to that as a potential cause yeah
0: um, yeah and I, I would probably maybe take a step further looking looking mm-hmm provided we're look, thinking about all the other different categories and different ways that explanations, right? Like right. a mature person versus an immature person is that the immature person quickly diagnoses and makes things very, very simple, right? The mature person or mature physician or whatever industry you're in can th- see things in layers and be like, well, you know, it could be this too, you know? Right. It's multi-layered, right? So, you, you, so we don't want to, like, so if we have a healthy, when, we, when it comes to like health, If you have a robust biblical understanding, you know that that person can be sick because they have an unconfessed sin they haven't dealt with, according to James 5. Right. could be that they took the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Right? It could be that they uh, have just been a poor steward of their resources and health and they don't do all the different means that we know are healthy to take care of yourself. Could be um, a, a satanic attack like the woman in Luke who is bent over for what she had a disabling spirit for 12 years or something like that, right. or what, whatever the number is. I'm maybe butchering some of the details, but it's a clearly demonic attack, Right. Um, you know, and so you, so it's complicated and you have to pray for discernment. You need to be slow to make a quick judgment. And, um, and I think sometimes we are so quick to want to see the solution that we don't have take the time to really discern right. and seek the Lord. And uh, we just quickly reach for the Tylenol or go to the doctor or, whatever it is or maybe if you're charismatic hyper charismatic you just merely pray against the devil
1: when they need to see that
0: right when you see it. yeah, so it's like it's, it's it could be multifaceted and we just we're too too impatient to yeah. seek the Lord for wisdom That's and, and, and press into community hey what do you guys think can you guys pray and discern I think it's a really helpful thing rather than assuming you know unless you really know for whatever reason you know um, is pressing in community hey can you guys seek the Lord with me on my behalf to figure out what what's this? You know, this is going on with my health. You know, maybe I have epilepsy or some sort of uh, mental health issue. And rather than us keep immediately, immediately jump to a certain conclusion, let's seek the Lord. Because, you know, there was a guy who had epilepsy and he's being thrown into the fire. And it's uh, a boy was, right? And he it told, was a spirit. Totally a demon. Yeah. yeah. And so. Yeah.
1: And I mean, if you go outside of our Western context, where the majority of Christians live in the world, right. this is a, a more ordinary experience they have. Yeah, some of the things I've heard from from these places are just astounding. Yeah, And it um, sounds like they have to be doing this. They have to be confronting demons and casting them out for yeah. their church to be fruitful Yeah, in some, some context.
0: And I'm scared to say that if we continue to press into the dark places of our cities and dark places in our hearts, we're going to see demonic manifestations at some level if we're doing something right. If we never see it, I would... I would dare say that we're probably doing something wrong.
1: If we're not a threat to them, yeah, we're not a threat to them. So, yeah, and that's another yeah. thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, a lot of times I think believers they get attacked and they think God's not for me. Mm. God's not.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But but like, if you get attacked, isn't it evidence that God has a big plan for you? So, like, why would why would that's so good? Like a demon or spiritual authority or power right single you out? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were useless to God's purposes, like why? why yeah, look
0: at Job. It was because he was so awesome that yeah. he went through that so much suffering, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: it's just like, remember that. Yeah. When you're going, when when you get hit hard, like, just remind yourself to consider that possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: there are powers that want to keep you from being useful for what God has planned for you to do.
0: The, the way I view it, I don't know how, but God. Has renewed my mind to think about this way: is the more suffering you go through, is a sign of God's desire for how much He wants to use you. So I remember the other day hearing about a brother's sufferings and all that he's gone through And I was like, man, the Lord must love you. <laughs> <laughs> he must want to do great things through you. Yeah. I mean, that's you should receive it. I don't want to use this a, as a platitude or a trite way to, and, and just you know pass it off. The suffering is real. You need to mourn
1: grief and loss and stuff. But that's like part that. of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see that in Hosea. Yeah. God God has...
0: And we're we're doing that right now in Emotional Healthy Spirituality. In Chapter 5, or 5 we're talking about grief and loss. It's Mm -hmm. important to embrace the grief and and to give it to the Lord and and embrace our weaknesses and so forth. But uh, I just... I think it's a a very loving thing. Like, if you are doing something right, you're going to get a bigger target upon you. Yeah. Um, That's good. And so, yeah.
1: Or even if you're about to start doing something right. That's right. Like you were about to do this yep. and all of a sudden your life fell apart. Yeah. Maybe I oh. should have never went that way. Maybe I should never obey right. God. And-
0: oh, that's so common. Someone's yeah. just about to get some breakthrough and take steps and all of a sudden all hell breaks through. Right. And we think it's coincidence and maybe they think, oh, maybe this, that was a bad decision. Right. And again, shows that we're so led by our circumstances and our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we see this over and over when we counsel people, we're trying to disciple people. Right yep. when they start taking steps, all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like you woke up the, the dragon, and all of a sudden it's going crazy. Right. right. But if you can get through those initial waves, you're going to have a, a period of, of peace, and you're probably going to have another war coming come around your corner after a little respite. Of course. It's usually how it works.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: It's been good. It's yeah. Good, helpful. It's not so simple. There's a mo- lot more we could probably talk about, and there's more resources out there if you want to reach out to us. And something that I think both of us want to grow in and learn more. Um, but you definitely know, not my
1: upbringing or background. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it was definitely, definitely was my upbringing, bringing background, but it wasn't very robust. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very biblically rooted, and it, I didn't think through the nuances of all the other things. So it's either different ditches Yeah, here. different ditches. Yeah, you were, in, you were in the naturalist ditch. I was in the uh, supernatural supernatural ditch. ditch. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a healthy biblical biblical middle ground that we want to live in, which is which is hard because it's not as simple. That's a hard thing about being in the middle is that you have to feel the tension. While my background before it's easy, it's all the devil's spawn. Right? right, your background is all, you know, your flesh or nature or something like that. And
1: I don't think you have to perfectly understand a situation.
0: Yeah, to, that's good.
1: You know, before you to do anything, to do anything, yeah, that's like, right. it's okay if there's mystery or ambiguity. Yep. Like the passage isn't even clear. Yeah, like it's it's a hard passage, and it's yep. okay.
0: Yeah, but but to, to walk away, one thing is really important is you're in a war don't forget it christian amen you know and and i forget it all the time i trust so, so easy you. yeah so easy to forget and just go and then when we get hit in the face or we get shot at we're like what the heck is going on right which how 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 um ludicrous would that be is if you were in you know in vietnam or some sort of war and somebody in your your platoon gets shot at you know you're just patrolling walk, walking around you get shot at and the person just is, ticked off and like what's going on you're like Man, we're in a war we're in nong you know and it's like yeah. that's how we act like we're christians we're so surprised we get attacked or something happens and and then we don't know how to fight and we don't think we're in a war and so it's a good good remember, uh good reminder for all of us that's right that's Great. right. well thanks for joining us hopefully this was edifying and um i feel like i'm supposed to say as always i don't think we have a we don't we don't have an ending oh, wait is it we just stopped, right? Uh, bye. Yeah. Bye. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us.